The Big Ten will be without a commissioner soon, and whoever's up next, the conference needs to decide fast. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you for making us your first listen every single weekday. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter too, all at Locked On Big Ten. Locked On Big One Zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N spelled out. I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about Caitlin Clark's impact on this season and all of women's basketball as Iowa falls to LSU in the national championship game. And also, we're going to get into, right now, the latest on the search for a new Big Ten commissioner. Let's dive right into that conversation, as Kevin Warren has just a couple of weeks left, his official last day is April 17th. So two weeks from now, the Big Ten will be without a commissioner and on the search still likely for its next one. However, there is hope that this will get decided quickly. Uh, In just a recent interview, Pat Hobbs said that he thinks the commissioner search would come to an end in May, by the end of May, he said, and to quote, there is confidence that they will conclude the search sometime before the end of May, end quote. Now, I think there's a couple of things that we can take from that, but the biggest thing in my eyes is that the Big Ten needs to make this decision, whatever it is, as quickly as possible, and there's a few reasons for that. First and foremost, there's a whole lot going on in college sports right now. And while the Big Ten is absolutely at the forefront of it at the moment, with the SEC right there beside them, anything can happen on any day of the week, especially now that both football and basketball are done, that could put the Big Ten back behind. Because the Big Ten has done a really, really good job so far of reacting to the changes that are happening here in college sports. When the SEC added two big schools, the Big Ten was able to get on things and add two big schools itself. Whatever the next move that is going to be made is, whether it's by the Big Ten or by somebody else, the Big Ten needs to be ready for whatever that is that comes its way. And while I have confidence in the Big Ten to stay at the forefront of things, I don't necessarily have confidence in these 14 schools to agree on what the next move is without some sort of central leadership guiding the way. Kevin Warren got things done here in the Big Ten Conference in an area where we're learning more and more, it seems, every single day is not necessarily easy to get things done in. We've talked plenty about how the Big Ten feels about expanding further quickly. Some schools seem to be for it. Some schools seem to not be for it. And all the people who are talking about it too much seem to be getting punished or just straight up leaving in Kevin Warren's place. There is a weird dynamic here where the Big Ten is absolutely wanting to be progressive and at the forefront of all these changes but there's not necessarily an agreement among all 14 institutions and soon to be 16 on how exactly 
to do that. So there needs to be somebody there leading the way. And of course, as we have this conversation and we talk about things wrapping up relatively soon, potentially, we have to discuss again who the top candidates are. One of the biggest names is Jim Phillips, the current commissioner of the ACC. And this is a name that I feel like because of what we heard recently from Hobbs, we have to be at least considering and thinking is in consideration for this job. Pat Hobbs says that this search, he thinks he's confident, will be done by the end of May. I don't think that's coincidental. The fact that he puts that kind of a date on things that just so happens to line up to when the end of the academic year is. Yes, it's probably most convenient for the Big Ten to do things that way in general, but also it makes things most convenient if they're going to go out and get Jim Phillips to try and snag him from that other Power Five conference. It's the best time to try and do something like that. And maybe it doesn't mean that he's at the front running of things, but I think it at least tells us that he is part of this conversation if that's the kind of date that Hobbs is putting on it. Could be looking into things too much, but that's something I think is a fair assumption. And he's a perfectly fine person to be said is one of the top candidates, as someone who was one of the top candidates in the last search for a Big Ten commissioner. Another name that's been put out there, Mark Silverman, future president over at Fox, which means obviously there's huge ties between him and the Big Ten already with the deals that they've made. And of course, everyone's caring about those media rights right now. But the Big Ten already has their media rights. So why bring him in? I think there's a couple of clear advantages. One, the fact that the Big Ten has its deal done doesn't mean that there aren't still deals to be made. If other schools are coming in, we've already heard rumors about like a Washington and Oregon taking less money to be able to be a part of the Big Ten and secure their stability, really, as an athletic institution. If that happens, there's going to have to be a figure that's figured out. And a guy like Silverman is going to be somebody who has the experience to help get the Big Ten the best deal possible because he's been there before. So I think there's a couple of reasons here why, while I was at first clients being like, okay, well, media deal's already done. We should be working with someone who at least knows other schools since we're going to be trying to expand and move things around. But a guy like Silverman could help particularly with the expansion stuff. Now, as far as having to deal with all the other Big Ten commissioners, I don't know exactly what that's going to mean, or chancellors and presidents, I should say. I don't know exactly how that works out. And maybe that's why I like a guy like Jim Phillips a little bit more from what we've seen in the kind of inability to get things done on their own. This 14 school and 16 school conference might need someone to actually lead, lead the way between the schools that are there before he actually goes and tries to add more. And that's why I'm hesitant when talking about these media guys. But at the same time, I understand like, Silverman's obviously a prime time target if we're talking about actually being able to get the deals done to get more schools into the Big Ten that is most profitable for the conference as a whole. Uh, other big names inside the Big Ten is Kerry Kenny. Uh, the in-house hire is him. If there's going to be somebody who's already within the Big Ten offices, he was ahead of, I think it was some sort of fancy name, but he worked with expansion and media and things like that. So 
again, another media rights and media guy to kind of be that person who could take over from inside. I don't see this being an inside hire still. I said that before when we first talked about this. I'll say it again. He's someone who seems like he's perfectly qualified, but I just don't see that being the situation here for the Big Ten to go in-house to make this particular hire. But I reiterate, whatever the choice is, I think you have to do it fast and get it done by the end of May. Because we don't know when the next bombshell is coming for changing college sports. It could be tomorrow. It could be not until next offseason. But there is going to be another move made here. For instance, the Pac-12 is going to get its media rights deal done at some point. It's taking a while. But whenever that happens, it could be a domino. So you just need to be ready for the next step. And not having a commissioner is not being ready for the next step. So get this done fast. Hire whoever it is, whether it's Mark Silverman, whether it's Jim Phillips, whether it's a guy like Gene Smith, the AD at Ohio State, even though, again, I don't know exactly if all the other schools want one head of a school going and taking control of the whole conference. But at the same time, he is someone who they all already know. So maybe he's the name. But whoever it is, I don't really care all that much as much as I care about the fact that it gets done quickly. So make your decision, get the next guy in there, because the point is you need to be ready for battle and be ready to make a move when the SEC or the ACC or the Pac-12 or whoever it is makes whatever their next move is. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, as the offseason continues to wind up here on Locked On Big Ten. Next, we're going to talk about Caitlin Clark. Iowa loses in the national championship game, and we've got lots to discuss as it made the pretty much headlines here at the start of the week across not just women's sports, not just women's basketball, but across all of the sports world in one way or another. We'll talk about that game and this incredible season and career for Caitlin Clark that isn't done yet here in a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Before we do that, though, a reminder. That it's Built March Madness, and you can vote on your favorite Built Bars and Puffs. The finals are going on right now. So all you have to do is head over to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite bars and puffs and get to decide what wins this year's Built Bracket. All you have to do is head on over and vote. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try out Built, the best protein bar ever. It makes them so great because they have all of the protein that you want with low sugar and 100% real chocolate too. That's right, real chocolate. So run over to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now and vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March and it is still going on early in this week too. So hop in and support your pick. Welcome back to your Locked On Big Ten. Nate Dickinson with you. Iowa and the Hawkeyes lose in the national championship game of women's basketball in a game in which I feel like everyone was hoping and rooting for, or at least vast majority, definitely not everyone, and a whole lot of love over to LSU's side, too, after they won, too. That's a good sign, a sign of a good team. 
a well put together team. So a whole lot of love their way as well. But I do feel like everyone was hoping that Caitlin Clark was going to be able to cement the legacy, win the national championship. Instead, they get a little bit blown out of the water in the second half. But LSU was hitting just about everything. They made a whole lot of shots, became a three-point shooting team in a way in which they just typically were not this season. Both teams were in a lot of foul trouble. We'll get to that in a minute. Caitlin Clark, 30 points, 9 of 22 from the field. Not the best game we've seen from her, but certainly a performance worthy of making the national championship game. And she played her heart out while she was out there. Again, the fouls were really, really rough. And I didn't like the way that it affected the way that people were playing the game. But I don't think you can argue, argue that Iowa wins the game if things had played a little differently. Yes, there was a stretch there at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, I believe it was, where Iowa got it pretty close to single digits, if not within. And then he had fouls that saw Caitlin Clark uh, end up having to go to the and going to the bench. The technical foul on Caitlin Clark was pretty ridiculous, if you ask me. That is the point where I'll be like, okay, that's just dumb. But everything else was pretty, I think, at least even on both sides for the most part. Again, there were some untimely fouls, just fouls that happened at a really rough spot to kill some Iowa momentum. But LSU had players on the bench just as often as Iowa did during this time. Again, the point where Zanano and uh, Clark both had to leave with their fourth fouls there. Really, really rough to see that as just that point in the game and have that, again, affect the game in that way. But I don't really think that you can argue, again, that Iowa wins the game if it had not been officiated in the way that it was. Officiating was absolutely a talk of the game. And I think that means it was a poorly officiated game. But I don't think it was a game that makes this a 17-point swing or enough for Iowa to make this thing really close at the end. LSU, give them all the credit. They pulled away. This team was really, really good. Uh, 54% from the field, 65% from three, 11 of 17. Outscored Iowa 30 to eight from the bench and out-rebounded Iowa by 11. When you have that kind of a game for the Tigers, can't really blame the Hawkeyes for losing it. The bigger picture is that Caitlin Clark in this season, with what she did, changed, I think, just the entire sport. People had not seen someone like her, if ever, in years. They said it on the broadcast. No one had made a tournament run like this since Cheryl Sweeps. So if you're someone who hadn't been watching women's basketball all season, but had gotten word of what she had been doing in the NCAA tournament, then at any point when you tuned in, you saw greatness from her. An incredibly entertaining performance every single time. And that's something that's really, really special and something that really, really will help grow this game. Like legitimately help grow this game. Because there's all sorts of stuff and efforts that you can make to try and get people more involved in women's basketball. The bottom line, nothing's going to be more successful than putting the most entertaining faces in the sport on the biggest stage. And Caitlin Clark is one of the most entertaining faces we've seen in a while. And not to mention, she's also incredibly good enough to carry that team to the national championship game. And by the way, she's not done. 
has another year of eligibility left to her. So her legend will only grow. And maybe that's the most important part here, is that this is not a one-time thing for her. Last season, she started it. This season, she really arrived. And next season, she'll come in as the reigning national player of the year. And with the chip on her shoulder, as the target for all of college basketball. We saw the way that Angel Reese went after her at the end of that game. And by the way, good for her, by the way, beat Caitlin Clark, beat the one that everyone was talking about. But everyone in college basketball knows that Caitlin Clark is the one that people are talking about. When you're the hunted, that's what happens. Yeah, Caitlin Clark probably was living rent-free in Angel Reese's head at the end of that game with the way that she seeked her out and called her out as that thing was finishing up. But that's not the point of her being immature or anything. That's just competitive nature. That's really, really good stuff if you ask me. It was entertaining as well. But Caitlin Clark gets that because she is so well-respected and her game is so well-respected by everybody else in the sport. And yeah, not everybody likes that everyone's talking about Caitlin Clark going into the game in which you're going to face off against her. Nobody talks about you. They talk about her. And Angel Reese was able to beat her. So she got the MOP. She gets the trophies. And she gets to brag a little bit, which is perfectly fine by me, by the way. But it's just, again, another sign of respect toward how good and impactful Caitlin Clark is to this game. We'll wrap things up with news from around the Big Ten now as we've got a little bit of stuff to tell you about as a whole bunch of stuff went on over the weekend. Also, including the Naismith Award. On the men's side, Zach Eady wins it as the Big Ten sweeps the award for men's and women's. He also won the USBWA, the Basketball Writers Association, Oscar Robertson Player of the Year Award and won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award for the nation's best center. Big Ten also won the Carl Malone Award as Trace Jackson Davis takes that home for the nation's best power forward as well. And of course, Caitlin Clark won the Naismith Award for the Big Ten too for Iowa. In other Big Ten news, awards going to former Purdue coach Gene Keedy. He was inducted into or has been chosen to be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. We learned he will be joining the class of 2023 for this year's upcoming ceremony. Well-deserved, of course, after an extraordinary career with Purdue. In basketball news, Michigan guard Kobe Bufkin has declared for the NBA draft an all-Big Ten third-team selection this season. He averaged 14 points per game and led the team in steals. In other Big Ten legend news, a legend is unfortunately going down ill with an illness that will put him in the hospital, Bobby Knight, is in the hospital suffering from an unknown illness. We, of course, wish the best for Coach Knight and a quick recovery. And finally, Nebraska will honor former coach Frank Solich at their spring game on April 22nd. He was the coach really the last time Nebraska was really, really good. And there's been a bit of a thing that they've called the Solich curse since he's left. Maybe they're trying to reverse that by getting him there to the spring game here in April. That's all for Big Ten News here today. Excuse me. That's all for Big Ten News here today and all for the show here today. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. Now that you're done here, be sure to make your second listen, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton give you everything you need to know on what's going on on the hardwood. And of course, 
pretty big week for them as the season wraps up and they get to recap a great, great tournament and also preview the upcoming season in their, of course, way too early next season predictions. That's all going up here on Locked On College Basketball. Go check them out here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Be sure to tune in on Locked On Big Ten and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't, on wherever you get your podcasts if you haven't already as well. And also tune in on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten, one zero at the end, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports on Twitter with Locked On. 